Now stop with your Joe-one, because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the JB Font channel. It's so good to see you. Good afternoon. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, 2022. The JB Font channel is available on all major podcast platforms like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, so you can subscribe to me there. I'm also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network. So you can catch me on the JB Show on Sundays at 1 p.m. Also, RBN Live on Tuesdays at 4 and the Sabi and JB Show on Thursdays at 6. Now, if you are new to this channel, I want to, you to make sure to give me a like if you like what you are watching. And also, if you like to subscribe, you can also do that as well. Thanks to all my patrons on Patreon, Coffee, as well as members, and anyone that gives me any type of mutual aid via various platforms that are in the description below. You can also do that as well. Typically, as per usual, whenever I do have a guest, I save my introduction and hellos to everybody in the chat till a little bit later. But for now, I want to get started. We are a little bit behind. I apologize for my tardiness, but we shall press on. Today, I have with me awkward he is a rapper activist organizer and just all around great guy also one of the co-authors of 10 demands i've been pushing 10 demands for quite some time on this channel too and this is one of the co-authors as well awkward so good to see you man thank you so much um you know i i swear to god i I almost cried when you said a good guy. I know that's weird as hell, but like no one ever introduces anyone like that. And it's actually a big deal. <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of people who do great stuff in this world. And then like you meet them or you see them in their home and they're not good mm -hmm. guys. Um, and that yeah. means more to me than anything. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. One of the reasons why I say it is because when you, when you do work that doesn't censor yourself, but then tries to do for others who are the most disenfranchised, then that's when you are considered to me kind or, or good. The reason being is because there are some people that are nice and polite, but they are the worst <laughs> because they put on a face. Yeah. And then once it comes time for people to actually do for others in a kind or a compassionate way. They divorce themselves from that versus there are some of us. I've met some kind assholes <laughs> and they have been some people who are, they're kind of rude. They're kind of jerkish. Right. I know. But then, mean. yeah, but then they'll give you the shirt off their backs. Right. Yep. They yep. will look out for you. And so, the thing is, is that for me, it's it's important to be polite and kind at the same time. But in a hierarchical sense, kindness is first, then politeness comes after. So, yeah, you know, totally. That's and that's just in in like you know we're speaking in interpersonal terms. Mm -hmm. Shit, gotta love the dogs, man. Um, we're speaking in interpersonal terms, but like I don't want anyone telling anybody how to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's that yep. whole side to it too. Like, um, I don't mm -hmm. care if you're kind, actually, if you're a good person, like prop, because probably, wait, I think I said it wrong. I don't care if you're nice, if you're yeah. a good person, because mm -hmm. the niceness is the, is more of the show. 
the kindness, mm-hmm. the goodness is what you're doing, whether people are watching or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so that's why, you know, I, when I, when I talk to people, I try to see the underlying value of what they're saying, because sometimes it's just like, for instance, you're, you're walking by and then you see a person and you know how, you know, us and, you know, it's, it's part of the hip hop community, it's part of the hood community. You see somebody, you, you know, what's right. up, yeah. right? But what if somebody's like this and they just keep walking past you? Well, a lot of us would go, oh, F you then. All right. Keep it moving. But when in reality, if we really look deeper, it may be like, man, this person is probably they might have some pain or they might be hurting or bothered by something. And they just didn't realize what was going on and they couldn't acknowledge the person because something deep within. And so sometimes it, it, it calls to looking deeper below the surface and not just judging it on face value. So. Absolutely. And I'm a, honestly, I'm a perfect example of that because the person I am now is, is very different from the person I, I was when I was younger growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The anger was in no way. Um, it was in no way managed. It was in no way filtered. Now I, now I leverage my anger to hopefully mm-hmm. do good things. Right. When I was a kid, not only, you know, you could say part of it was positive. I literally, my cousins and I spent our youth actively searching for Nazis to beat up. But the other part of it was just being an angry, depressed, insecure mm-hmm. kid who would go to the mall or go, you know, to whatever, like 125th Street and grill everybody on purpose. I was looking for a fucking fight mm. because of this pain. And I think it probably, since I've given 100% of myself to others in my adulthood, that might seem surprising to people, mm-hmm. but um, I had to get through that, you know? Yeah. So let, let's talk about that, because one of the things that I wanted to get into was you're in this activist space now. How did this start? Like, where did Awkward get his start? Because I know that your passion... Uh, is in hip hop, is in rap. So you started off as that, as an artist. How did that start? And how did you parlay that into your activism? Because I want people to see exactly how you did it. And maybe they can actually put that, incorporate that method into their lives. Yeah. And honestly, if you want to continue to prioritize your music, that doesn't mean you can't also do these other things, leveraging the fame or name or whatever, the popularity mm-hmm. of even a single song, right? Um, yeah. In my case, they were almost inextricably linked from the beginning. They've just kind of changed in terms of like what the priority was. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was raised by an activist mom who took me to protest when I was like too young to even be there. Um wow. You know, by by um, 16, um, I was like I was speaking at, you know, my town's uh, MLK Day. Um, I organized the Diversity Day, which I know now um, had a lot of issues with it, but a Diversity Day, a Holocaust Remembrance Day. So I was doing all of this before when I was still a kid. 
um, mm -hmm. while I was still, but this was toward the end when I was just starting to realize that I could fight less and love more. Um, mm -hmm. right. And, um, but meanwhile, I like I grew up with Motown and hippie music, but a babysitter came and brought Public Enemy, and that was that was it, right? And and yeah. and like Chuck D, twenty five years later would co-sign me, and and like that kind of that was it, right? Like that was amazing. Yeah. But because yeah. of because of who it was, I knew mm -hmm. very early that you could do the same together. So music was my first outlet for that yeah. anger. And for mm -hmm. saying the things that needed to be said and for and for trying to give voice to people who are typically not allowed or, or silenced. Right. True. Yeah. And over time, um, as I got older, um, especially after I moved out of New York City and was no longer in the community, um, mm -hmm. my priorities shifted and it became more important for me to focus on the organizing and then using the music to supplement that, like creating mm -hmm. the 10 demands song for the 10 demands, creating the Medicare for all song for the Medicare for all March. Um, and so I've been able to continue to do both. It's just, yeah. you know, what, what, what leads my um, decisions is, is a little different, I guess. My purpose is a little different. When I yeah. first started rapping, I was making songs that were more traditional rap music, too. You can find some songs where I don't sound like me, right? Um, and now I'm not going to do that. I just don't, I don't have the time. I'm a dad. I don't, like, I, I just, I have too much to do. So if I'm going to make a song, there's going to be a reason for it. Got it. More, uh, it's more socially conscious, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of it was too, was like back then in 2014, I actually released the first ever 100% for charity global hip hop project. Um, muting because of my dogs, all the, um, all the money went to a charity that, um, you know, helped at risk youth, um, find alternatives to, to guns, um, particularly, uh, film, um, was the main focus and um and it, and and I had artists from every single continent on earth and more than 15 different countries um and the idea there was that hip hop is a powerful force and hip hop is universal and global and like let's demonstrate you know globally what like we can do right with with hip hop um yeah. but meanwhile I might make a song you know with Sean Price where we're really fucked up on drugs and like saying whatever the fuck we want. So yeah. like, I don't, unfortunately my friend Sean is no longer with us and I don't do drugs right. anymore. So things have changed. Mm -hmm. Priorities yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so from, you know, from what I gather, you're basically, you know, and one of the things actually I want to point out, was that when you start to get into a space where you become not only socially conscious, but economically conscious, because those two are intrinsically linked. If you're in art, that also becomes part of your artistry. And so that has been happening for years. You can go, you know, you can go to, uh, you can go back to Johnny Cash, 
You can go back to Marvin Gaye. You and can it's go not back just to music. Basquiat, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can, yeah. I mean, um, James Baldwin was a writer and poet. Right. And so when you're using that, that's part of the revolutionary mm. spirit. Mm. And so, and I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're right. And also, it makes it easier to um, digest is not the right word. But when I'm like as much as someone may or may not want to just stare at my white face and listen to me <laughs> yell, I think it's probably nicer to watch the 10. Nicer is not the right word either because it's horrifying, but it's probably more entertaining and 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 and. and Fuck, man, these dogs. I'm sorry, man. It's okay. Um, if anyone can help me with these dogs, it would be great. Um, it, it also evokes more emotion, I think. When you're watching a video and I'm and I'm singing or I'm rapping, there like that artistry adds adds to the feelings you get from it, right? So you're I think it's the whole idea behind edutainment, which is such a corny mm -hmm. word, but I, I apologies, KRS. I think you in, invented that, but um, it's the idea of educating and entertaining at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the part about educating and entertaining it's, it's hiding the aspirin in the applesauce. So a lot of times what people, I can, okay, I can give you a plate of food. So I, I used to be in the culinary industry. I was a line cook for years. I could just put all the plate on the food and just hand it to you. And then it's all good because it tastes good, right? It's cooked well. But then where's the pre presentation, right? Because a lot of times people eat with their eyes first before they eat that plate of food. So it can smell good, but if it looks like slop, you still may be like, mm. but if you see it and it looks appealing to the eye, then you're more likely to engage with it. Same thing when it comes to a lot of these things for, you know, especially when it comes to our activism, whether it be social or economic activism, is that when you present it in a way that's more palatable, for instance, you could be talking about these various different things just like you are right now. But the fact that you put it in a song actually is like sprinkling some salt on some food. So now it brightens it, brightens it up. It wakes it up. It adds some flavor. You know what I mean? And I so the that. fact that yeah. you're, you're doing that, it actually makes it more digestible. So then people are actually able to more take it in into their heart because music is really a vehicle to your heart. Absolutely. Um, uh, and there is a great quote that, of course, I can't remember. Uh, Basically, like music is the soundtrack to the revolution. Right. I mean, that. Um, but I've, I guess what better than ranting or chanting, probably music sounds better. It's, it's like kind of an obvious, like cliched idea, too. But but it, it's not wrong. Like you were saying, Bob Dylan, whatever it is, there's always been people um providing the the background to what we do and to and on that note like my music was played at occupy in the city my music was played in um uh 
uh, Wisconsin during the union um, anti or the pro union protests, anti Walker protests. Um, I, I know it was used elsewhere too. Um, so there's there's that right. Um, it actually like provides the beat to our march in a way. Um, mm -hmm. But interestingly, it's also like touching on when we talk about appearance it's touching on this other negative side too. Cause that's me, Mr. Negativity um, about like politicians who are successful because they're pretty um, or ideas that are heard more clearly because the speaker is white or a man. Um, Cause what you're saying is so true. Like, and it's important to me. And, and I, you know, I didn't want to ask people for money for 10 demands or for movement for black lives. So I made that song and said, you can get this. So you're buying something. You're not just giving something away. Um, mm -hmm. so there is all this positive stuff, but then on the other hand, like it sucks. It even matters presentation, I guess, visual presentation. We can't avoid it as humans, but it's in a way it, it creates problems. I'm sorry, you had cut out there for a second. Um, I'm not sure if it's my connection. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. So, I mean, but, yeah. I don't know what was missed, but basically I was just saying that, yes, there's all this positive stuff. But, of course, these the from a visual perspective, presentation can also create a lot of problems. The need for, for palatable presentation can, can create a lot of problems. Um, and I think it's one of the reasons that, um, I hate to say it, but it's one of the reasons that I've been able to land certain interviews. It's like, it's racism. <laughs> and, and honestly, I didn't want, yeah. and honestly, I'm really glad that now Nick, I would say is, and maybe Zoya too, we're all pretty much the faces of 10 demands, but for a long time. And by the way, none of us wanted to, there to be a face, but Nevertheless, when you're promoting an idea that happens naturally, for a long time, it was just me. And that was not by choice for any of us. None of us said, yo, awkward, you're good on camera, do it, or awkward, you're white, do it. Um, it was just like other people weren't comfortable yet, and I could do it, and I can speak well. And mm -hmm. that just kind of set this in motion. Right. Where people were asking me at then. Right. After I did a couple, everyone was asking me. And 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 when as soon as it occurred to me, I started saying, I want to bring these other people with me. Like, yes, yeah. I'll come on. But like Cheyenne, who's our only indigenous person, is going to come on with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is a, an, a really good point of. Using privilege in order to uplift, right? I do. And yeah, that's what I try to do. It's kind of funny because you get a lot of people who complain about Karens, right? They're like, oh my God, just Karen. But have you seen a Karen where they actually stick up for minorities and people who are disenfranchised? It is the most awesome thing ever. I love seeing... Because they're not afraid. Those yeah. women are not afraid. Yeah, but... At the same time, they don't center themselves, but you know oh, they'll see so, like so then, somebody. So then you're so they if they're not centering themselves and they're then mm -hmm. then then they just look like a Karen or sound like a Karen. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So there'll be like um it'll be like some middle-aged white woman named Susan, and she'll <laughs> see some black woman trying to get in line, you know, trying, you know, she got skipped in line or something. And then Susan will be like, um, excuse me, she was waiting here for a long time. Why aren't you dealing with her? I mean, she was in front of me. Why did you call me first? Like, like I love that. It's like, thank you, Dude. Susan. <laughs> you know, so I, I love that. Yes, because this fucking country, the woman who it happened to couldn't say shit. Because if she did, the cops probably would have come for talking. So, so I'm very thankful for the few and far between um, and, and that's, that's what I do too. And it actually really pisses my wife off because even to this day with two kids, I create, I, I don't create the problem. I respond to problems. I, I can't yeah. still keep my mouth shut all the time. And like, if I'm witnessing it, I'm going to deal with it. I, I'm sorry. But, but, but awkward. That's, that's the thing that I appreciate because here's the problem. We do it, and we can do it, and we do it to as much as we possibly can. Of course. But we get overlooked. That, yeah. But if a cis white man does it and brings attention to it, then people start to look, and they like they start to pay attention. And so I think one of the best things about being your identity is that when you're an ally and you use that allyship, for say our liberation or maybe you know talking and saying hey 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 enough of this transphobia or enough of this homophobia or look these immigrants haven't done you wrong they're just trying to make a life for themselves when you're doing that it just makes them go wait you're not on our side it's like no i'm not on your side i'm on the side of people and i'm on the side of humanity yeah and so that is something that I think throws people for a loop. And then also, let's be real. If you made a TikTok, people will probably be like, oh, this guy, let's hear what he has to say. You know, and then you start talking about issues that we face as black people. And then next thing you know, it's like, ah, damn, you know, they get caught up in it, but then they have to hear it, you know. So I and I'd I have a million that. followers. There's a couple of those guys who look exactly like me. Um, yeah. who do just that. And I don't know all of them. Um, there's a couple people I know on Twitter and TikTok who are full of shit. And, you know, when I see, um, you know, like a critical resistance member or something, um, engaging with them, I'm going to tell you the truth. I go and tell them, be careful of that person. I like, cause I'm not going to, I'm not, not doing that shit like because they are not doing it for the right reasons um yeah. anyway yeah um and that that is so true that 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 i'm heard more um and and i'm making the most of that right and 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 when i was in when i was more heavily involved in hip-hop um i tried to take a backseat so the only album i ever put out had a million other black rappers on it right because because I knew who I was in, in this world and in this culture. And um, so that's the same reason that I never had issues in the studio or at a party, you know, because I don't talk like I am from a place that I'm not. 
I don't pretend I'm something I'm not. This is just who I am. I'm a crazy Jew. That's it. Right. And like, <laughs> and like take it or leave it. But I'm a, but I, but I love people. Like you said, we do it for the people. Um, yeah. And lastly, I'll just say now that I have completely bicked my head, I've never looked more like a Nazi. So <laughs> I, no joke, man. I, I, I shared on, on social media not that long ago. And of course people are like receipts, receipts, which I'm not doing because it'll dox me, but I just, I had an engagement with a fucking, um, sheriff or, um, a sergeant in the sheriff's department who like, who lives around the corner from me, who talked my ear off for 15 minutes, like assuming I was a fucking Nazi saying the wildest shit. And I don't, and, and, and so I tweeted about that. The guy literally handed me his card and said, if you ever need me to kill anyone. I'm not kidding, man. Holy crap, bro. And they said, and they said, well, not they, like the people, humans responded to me and said, report him. I said, what? So I could end up in prison? You think if I report a cop, they're going to be nice to me? Well, show us this card. Why? So I can tell the Nazis on here where I live? What the fuck? Just trust me when I tell you, I never would have imagined it. it like, life is crazier than, than fiction. <laughs> Yo, tell this reality revolution person, like, that better be a joke, because I'm not, like, fucking with that. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> whatever it's so weird because i'm on rbn all the time and have never looked at the comments and like out of the corner of my eye i saw that and i was like what but anyway let's ignore it doesn't matter yeah yeah i don't think, people just like uh, to say yeah um it's all good man no yeah, yeah. Reality, I'm going to let you know right now. They no, no, number one, uh, Awkward is, even though he's Jewish, he also supports the people in Palestine. Uh, he yeah. does not, you know. This person, um, hold on a second, man. I appreciate you supporting me. I'm, I'm just, I don't have an issue with you. This person is a conspiracy theorist, anti-Semite, period. Who's, when he says they are funding them in Ukraine, what the fuck is he talking about? Uh, it's the United yeah. States funding them. Yeah. 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 Fuck this dude, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we can't do that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I don't usually react like this. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. That just bothered me because... Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess because I love you and I was like, I only want to talk about love today, right? Like, I just didn't, I didn't think that I would have to be defensive at all. But anyway, that's that's just me showing yeah. weakness. I apologize. No, no, it's, it's, it's all good. Um, And reality revolution, uh, the, the Joe, Joe Biden regime, as I like to call them, uh, they aren't number one. They're not all Jewish. Number two, Zionists and Jewish people are two different things. He is not a Zionist like some of these other people. Uh, so, 
Yeah. Also, this so person sounds like a Republican yeah. right now. So if you're interested in sharing how many anti-Semites or how many Zionists, which are often the exact same people, were in Trump's cabinet, go ahead. Fucking asshole. All right, let's move on. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but one of the things I wanted to also talk to you about was 10 demands. Um, one 10 demands is one of my favorite sites to go to. Um, so let me actually, why don't I have it up? Hang on. 10. I have it. I have it uh, bookmarked, by the way. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And, and I'll just say that the main reason I hope, and if not, it's okay. My man mm-hmm. has it on um, bookmark is because in addition to the demands, we have an insane amount of resources for people who think we're full of yeah. shit or just don't get it yet or are, are dying to learn more to understand. There's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So, so it, it, look, and this isn't a comment, not an insult. This site is very simple. Me, it is easy to test. And all you have to do is just go to demands. Boom. And it gets my line one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And one of the things that is the first thing, and a, and a lot of times people go, I'll read this first and then I'll tell you the pushback that I get from sometimes. Number one says defund the police and reallocate resources to impact the communities. I will get people who are on the left like us and say, well, no, we need to abolish the police. And I'm like, you need to defund them in order to abolish them. See? In order to rethink policing the way it is, you have to do the defunding first in order to get there. And so if, if you can expand on that a little bit yeah, so that people have more of an understanding. Absolutely. So you are 99.9% right. The only, and, and I hate to be a stickler, and I'm a writer, so I'm always like this. But in this context, it actually matters. Language is, is so important. So... Ah, shit. I should have written down exactly what you said, but it's like, I know, I know you and I know exactly what you think and want pretty much. And Mm -hmm. yet our language is still imperfect because you said something to the effect of, um, as we defund, like we reimagine policing or something to that effect. And and just to clarify, we don't want to reimagine policing. The, we want to get rid of the entire concept and replace it with something different. So that's the only minor nitpick I would make. But in terms of what the main point you were making, it's absolutely the case. There is so, no, there, there's no um, long-term abolitionist organizer who does not understand that. Abolition mm-hmm. is not only not a goalpost or um a, a finite physical thing 
Mm -hmm. Um, it is also not something that is achieved overnight. It is a way of life. And Mm -hmm. anyone who is engaged in community defense, mutual aid, like community health care, like any of those things, they're functioning as abolitionists. They're building their communities. And uh, and meanwhile, those cities can start defunding police because they can actively prove in those same communities that the replacement is better. And there are places yeah. all over the country doing that right now. Yeah. So let me correct myself and thank you for that. I should say that we should do a new way of public safety. Yes, exactly. That, does that sound better? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, That's what we so, say. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I apologize. I don't apologize. It it's actually good that it happened because no, because that's an important point that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And and another great example is community policing. That's not a good term. It's an actual thing. It's been used and it doesn't work. You don't yeah. want to empower community members to police the rest of you either. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. slightly better because they're in your community and you know them. Still mm-hmm. not the right solution. Yeah, because what good is it if your community is still impacted by things that like lack of health care, housing, food, education is still really not going to solve the issue of crime within the neighborhood or crime. Right. And as long as right. That's another huge part of it, changing what we consider to be crime um, and, you know, and punishable. Um, but also how we even think about right and wrong, crime and punishment, victim and criminal, all of these things. Um, Because if you have community policing, you're still living under a carceral system. The whole idea is to remove carceral punishment entirely, to remove criminalization entirely. And of course, what you're saying, to fix the underlying issues that cause people to be put into positions where crime is the only option. Yeah. So as far as, you know, and and you and I, there's very strong agreement when it comes to the issue of of what we consider crime today. Really, it is people who are committing acts in desperation because of lack of opportunity or it's in desperation for resources so that they may survive. And so if you give them the opportunities and you give them the resources that they need to survive, then the incentive to commit quote unquote crimes actually goes away largely. And and this is not to say that humans won't behave perfectly because I mean, there'll still be things that happen you know, yes. and that needs to be dealt with in a humane fashion. But the way we deal with it in this way, the you know, within this system is inhumane and is unacceptable. Yep. Basically. And, and, yeah. And, you know, Angela Parker put it that, you know, we need to stop thinking of people as monsters and psychos. You know, mm-hmm. we are all people and none of us are our worst or most misguided act not you nor i or anyone else and Mm -hmm. only certain people are incarcerated for decades for their worst act other people are not and and that injustice is is obviously a significant part of the problem 
Um, another thing I just want to uh, mention, though, is uh, someone brought up this idea that I I hadn't heard of, um, which is electing police officers and there being a recall option or a revote option or something. And I just want to say that um, my advice is to look up the sheriffs in this country who are yeah. elected. Um, yeah. They could be even worse. Um, in 2022, they more than doubled their amount of killings from the previous year. And if you Google, um, actually, if you Google LASD gangs, you will learn one of the craziest things you've you've ever learned um, yeah. about decades of actual literal, not like pejorative gang violence by uh, sheriffs in California or specifically in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, another comment. It's so funny. I'm doing this, but it's working, I think. Um, is I see that people are saying that uh, community pol policing leads to, you know, militias, es essentially violence by extremist groups. That mm -hmm. only would happen if you lived in an extremist place. Um, you know, there are certain pockets of this country where that doesn't exist at all. And, you know, other pockets where that's all there is and people are the way they are from generations of disinformation. Um, again, we're removing the idea of policing entirely, but if we talk about community defense, it is the entire community coming together to determine the best way for them to defend themselves from potential harm. So if there are Nazis coming in, your community defense is going to address that. If there are cops coming in, your community is going to address that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. Yes, there is. Uh, MappingPoliceViolence.us um, shows all of the confirmed police killings, which puts us again at over three a day in this country. My research tells me it's closer to six plus a day. But I did just in interview Samuel Sinyangwe, who runs Mapping Police Violence, and he's amazing. Yeah. So I'm putting the link into the chat. I just pulled it up. So, dude, you're full of resources, man. I should just <laughs> keep you in the background throughout all my streams. Well, that's basically what 10forjustice.com is, is a collection of this stuff that we find to support what we're saying. So when people tell us we're full of shit, we can actually say, here's 20 different examples of non-police, non-violent crisis response, saving hundreds or thousands of lives. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that, and I know you get this response all the time, but a lot of times people will go, but what about the people who commit the most heinous crimes, mm -hmm. right? What about the, yeah. the, 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 the Ted Bundy's and, and, you sure. know, people like that. Like, what do you say to people like that? Cause I, I, I have an idea of what I would say. Mm -hmm. And, and okay. Let me just give you what I would say a little bit. One of the things that I personally would say is number one, what conditions and their environment led them to be that way in the first place? Yep. Because, for instance, people will talk about because we can't really say much about mass shooters because every single time there's a mass shooter, police aren't around until after the fact. 
So and that, I just wrote an article. Well, not that long. Right after the Buffalo shooting, I wrote mm-hmm. an article for Antagonist magazine about how police are not the res- are not the appropriate response to hate crimes or mass shootings. Oh, okay. do you want me to send that to you? Sure. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, keep going. Sorry. No. And so my thing is, is because we actually had a discussion about this. Uh, gosh, this was months ago. But this was after a mass shooting. I think it was on Frank Frank Analysis um, channel. And one of the things that we talked about was what answer do we have that can really address this gun violence? And a lot of times people will say, well, we just need to get rid of guns. And I'm like, here's my response to that. I'm like, okay, everybody wants to talk about gun control for citizens, but they never want to talk about gun control for the police. Because... What gun control is going to assist us from when we get shot in the back by police? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my thing is, like, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, man. Yeah. And so my thing is, I want there to be common sense gun control. But first, we should start with the people who are the biggest antagonists within our country, the ones who actually have an occupying military force within our country. If we're going to go, we're going to talk about gun control, then we need to talk about what you talk about. And number two is demilitarizing the police. That, that That's a first start. And then slashing their budgets like immensely. Because the thing is that people want to talk about gun control. Which, you know, as a gay person that lives eight minutes away from Pulse nightclub, I do want to curb gun control, but I want to also do it from the people who are also targeting people like me because of the color of my skin as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, And it's not just police. It's also um, the far right. Um, The far right has been amassing military weaponry for decades. We on the left, Mm -hmm. um, the black community, um, Jewish community, we are all way behind. And that's the other problem that I do not trust my safety in a country where gun reform is going to mean people like me can't have one for some reason. Um, or, but the people in Montana or, you know, whatever can. So yeah, it's, it's, the it's, I, I'm afraid of Nazis and police, and often they're one and the same. So no, I'm not yeah. giving up my guns until they give up theirs, because they're the violent ones anyway. We are defending humanity. They are trying to destroy it, blood and soil. Um, yeah. and, and so also to your initial question slash point, um, serial killers make up less than 1% of murders. Um, mm-hmm. 250,000 plus rape kits exist sitting in police storage nationwide 40 plus percent of cops admit to abusing their partners and in 35 states it's legal for police to rape people in their custody police are also also responsible for one-third of all stranger murders then there are the two other aspects you're cutting it shit can you hear me now sorry you cut in now yeah, you, you were saying about 40%. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, so um, more, more than 40%. 40% oh. 
Yeah, can you hear me now? I think so. You think so? All right. Um, more than 40%, yeah. more than 40% of uh police admit to abusing their partners. Um police are responsible for one third of all stranger murders nationwide. Um and then you have the fact that evidence has shown, much research has been shown that one interaction with police um, vast, significantly increases the likelihood of future criminality. And then you take into account the fact that the vast majority of criminals have been victims themselves. And then finally, you add in the fact that there's no mental health services, there's no substance abuse treatment, the child welfare um, and child protective services industry is um, a, directly tied into the prison industrial complex and just separates families and destroys lives. So if you put all of that together, you can understand why this tiny percentage of the crime that's being committed is being committed, and it's not out of desperation. The vast majority are. The vast majority are not non are not violent, and in the vast majority of the crimes committed that are considered violent are actually not violent. So it's even a larger percentage of non-violence. So sure, yes, like like James said earlier, um, an abolitionist society is not a perfect society. We are human beings. We are all fallible. We all make mistakes. So sure, in any society, there will be people who hurt other people. And so the biggest issue is how we make that happen as, le as little as possible, and then what we do when it does happen. And that's where the idea of transformative justice comes in. Because in, in a transformative justice model, people aren't disappeared while the other people just sit and think about what happened. It is coming together to heal the victim, the perpetrator, and the community. Hmm. That is... That is something that a lot of times people... Some people would balk at. Yes. And... <laughs> Read our read our prisons obsolete. It's one of the like first abolitionist books by Angela Davis. And if you need to go all the way to the end and read the story about the parents whose children were murdered, who then toured the world with their murderers to talk about why prison is not the answer. Wow. Ask other victims of, you, you of know, violence. What's interesting, I. I'm Am not hearing there? you, buddy. Yeah, I'm not hearing you. Now I can a little. Sorry. I never thought. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just a little delayed. I think it's not. It is yours. Well, it's my internet. Yeah, it's my internet. The host is the host fault. Um, oh, I fuck up when I'm hosting all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was saying is that you you don't hear that very often and i've never heard of that and i think that's by design that i never heard that and i never heard that of that tour because the prison industrial complex which is tied to the military industrial complex would never want you to hear of anything like that because if you did 
then people will start questioning, well, why do we need prisons? Exactly. And so then there goes the private prison industry. There goes really the, the, the means of getting more money from poor people from the state, for, for the state, I should say. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know this, this story is it's it's really important and really quick and easy to explain. After slavery, they needed financial gains to continue off the backs of black people. So they created black codes. They created new laws that would allow them to arrest black people for doing things that were not crimes ever before, such as loitering. That's where that law came from. Um, they were able to then, through mass criminalization and mass incarceration, continue alongside the Constitution, having written into the 13th Amendment that it is legal for slaves to exist if they have committed a crime to enable this to continue. That is the prison industrial complex. It is modern day slavery. And another important aspect of this is that it's not just what, what people think of as private prisons. The reason the creator of mass incarceration um, or the writer of the crime bill um, came out and said he's going to close private federal prisons is because he knows very well that that represents about 5% of prisoners, prisons, people incarcerated. So it's irrelevant. And if they were to, and in fact, it actually strengthens the system because when you say you want to get rid of private prisons, you're saying that public prisons are okay. Private ones are not. Public ones are. And to be clear, anyone who was removed from a private prison, if in fact they were gotten rid of, they would not be released. They would just be moved to a public prison. In fact, tons of people who were... Um, let out early, who are nonviolent or really old and dying, um, who were let out during COVID, Biden has, has, has been trying to send them back. Um, okay. Wow. So, and when we talk about propaganda, I know Nick loves to talk about the US being the most propagandized country. And it is so true. The whole world thinks we're this, well, not the whole world anymore. It's becoming more and more clear globally. But for a long time, it was this American dream. And it's total bullshit. And the propaganda that we talk about is not just about policing and the hero cop, you know, saving lives. It's it's also propaganda or I, we need to come up with a better term for it, but the propaganda is about the entire prison industrial complex. We are taught from birth that, you know, there is a distinction between criminal and victim and that crime requires punishment. No one is ever taught to consider any other possibility. So anyone first being exposed to abolitionist ideology is certainly taken aback. What do you mean people who make, who, who do the wrong thing, don't get punished. Parents punish their kids. Like we do it in every facet of life. Bosses punish their employees. But just look at psychology, motherfuckers. It doesn't work. You punish me, I want to fucking kill you. I don't want to work harder for you. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> just true. Yeah. You know what? Um, oh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something to that. But as far as, you know, punishment goes i mean hell look at parenting a lot now 
a lot of parents, especially in the black community, you have a lot more of them now advertising, look, I'm stepping away from that carceral punishment in the home. And I'm looking more into parenting and raising my child in a more gentle fashion. And a lot of times what we realized was, a lot, you know, because, you know, in the black community, you know, get a switch. You know exactly what that means when I say get a switch. Right. And so it comes to the point where we realize, no, 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 no. That was from that Atlantic slave trade. That was from that carceral punishment. It's just like, for instance, people will use religion and say, well, spare the rod, spoil the child, when they don't even know the actual translation of the scripture. Exactly. Exactly. By, by the way. Is, no, go ahead. So, by the way, the spare the rod, spoil the child actually was meaning that a a shepherd actually had what is called a crook. And that crook that they used was to gently nudge the sheep to go in whatever direction they did, they wanted to. It wasn't to beat the sheep into submission. So therefore, when it comes to spare the rod, spoil the child, it means that you do not, that you continuously guide your child in the right direction. You don't beat them into submission into the right direction. Because guess what? You beat them in submission, guess what? They're going to go the opposite way that you want them to go. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. And, and it, and it has always been wild to me as an outsider, you know, just looking at the ways Christianity is deep. Like, I don't even know, misused. That's just not a great use of, not a great choice of words, but just like how, if Jesus is what you say is how, right? Like Mm -hmm. the, the biggest Christians are the least Christian, right? So I mean that's a that's a story for a whole another day, but that that yeah. is always surprising. Um, my wife is Dominican, and you know she got hit with a, a spoon, a wooden spoon, and her mom got hit worse. And we don't hit our kids, you know, because that's something that we've learned generation at, like over generation. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, more and more families realize that you know the best way. And since we're on that subject, the best way to raise your kids, protect mm-hmm. your kids have a good relationship with your kids so you can continue to advise them as they grow older is mm-hmm. to create a safe space for them in your home. And that yeah. is, it is not safe if they're getting hit. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm going to reveal real something that's kind of personal about me, but I, you know, this is just so that people realize that, you know, even though I am saying this now, I was not a true believer in it back in the day. And I help raise my nieces and nephews. And even to the point where I spanked my nephew once, I think once or twice for something that he did. And at the age of 18, I apologized to him for doing that. Cause I said, I should have never did. And he tried to make excuses that, and he was like, Oh no, you were just trying to help me to, you know, to know right from wrong. I was like, no, 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 no. I could have did it a better way. I said, That's a really- no, I could have did it a better way. That's and so this, yeah. So the thing is, is that we have to learn to do things. We have to learn how to do things in a better way than what we have been doing. And one of the things, one of the quotes that came to mind was, people can see the end of the world before they see the end of capitalism. You don't think that they're not going to be able to see the end of the world before they see the end of the carceral state? 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's for that reason that that the biggest pushback I've received from people who I guess in every other way tend to agree with me. I don't, I don't, I don't like labels. I guess the only labels I apply to myself are abolitionist and anti-fascist, but, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, there's people who would consider themselves anarchists, for instance. And, um, what I always heard from not always, but what I often heard was you can't get rid of the prison industrial complex without getting rid of capitalism. And I, and, we can debate that if you want, but I personally don't agree. I think capitalism is a very, very powerful and and horrible reality that incorporates a lot more than just the prison industrial complex. So all of the work that organizations like Worth Rises are doing to slowly chip away at the economic impetus within the prison industrial complex like those are all really important things as we push toward abolition and to me demonstrate that while I would prefer we don't live in a capitalist society, we probably could while no longer incarcerating 2.5 million people. That's that's, but that's my opinion. Is it based on research? No, because it hasn't happened. So, you know, your opinion is yours. Mine's mine. Right. In that Mm -hmm. conversation. Of course. Um, I think this is a conversation for another day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, we can really get into that for three hours. <laughs> so, yeah. And honestly, I'd love to hear all of your thoughts, like at RBN, like the whole crew of you guys on that topic. Nick and I have never yeah. talked about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just think that I think part of getting rid of the carcel state. It, it kind of goes hand in hand with getting rid of capitalism um, because that I think they're intrinsically related because in order to get rid of the carousel state, you also have to get rid of the means of why people commit crime, which mm-hmm. is poverty. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to get rid of poverty, the capitalists do not want it because the capitalists need poverty in order to be rich. You're not wrong at all. None of that is wrong. I think that I'm thinking of two things um, that Mm -hmm. don't necessarily disagree with you. One Mm -hmm. that like we're building a lot of um, mechanisms on our own at local Mm -hmm. levels. So fuck it. Mm -hmm. Keep your capitalist bullshit. We don't need it. We're living outside that. So that's one possible Mm -hmm. thing that is real and could expand community by community. And that's, that's what I am praying for. And that's kind of an anarchistic mindset in a way, or at least socialist, I guess, again, that shit's not important to me. Um, (laughs) But um, the other part of it too, is the things that are happening in the system that I'm seeing, like we are just as capitalistic and horrible and predatory as ever, but things in certain places or in certain areas are improving and are less capitalistic. The the best example is the way phone companies have colluded with jails and prisons to make phone calls like $20 a minute or something, just price gouging the shit out of people who are already poor. And they just passed a law that they can't do that anymore in, in I think, at least one state. Um, I think it might be California. I'm not sure. Um, 
but one by one, like all the work that, you know, that Alec Karakatsinis is doing, you know, it, there's a million people I can name. They're most often lawyers, one thing at a time. And this is happening within the capitalist state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't disagree with anything you said, but, yeah. you know. I I think it's chipping away at capitalism. I think, it, 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 you know, I think that I, I think that I it's, it's I didn't chipping even away. Say that. You know, I didn't even like. I didn't even say that. Like, you know, because I hear you. I hear you. I'm saying like mm -hmm. it's chipping away at the capitalism within this complex. Yeah, basically. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying too. <laughs> yeah. There's consensus among us. Yeah. Good, so, good. yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's progress. <laughs> So, you know, and, you know, I, I would love to go more over the 10 demands. Can we go just over just a teeny bit, just sure. a little bit more? Okay. So, um, these are some of the things we do that are on the, oh, wait, I got to share my screen. Duh. So these are some of the things that are proposed that we do in the process excuse me, the process of defunding the police and the process right. of creating abolition is while we're in the process of abolishing them, then is for instance, uh, this one is eliminate discriminatory policing, prosecution and sentencing, and then institute complete law enforcement, transparency and accountability. And so and just so everyone knows, if you click on this little arrow on the right, you can see the the description of what that includes. That that mm -hmm. happens to be a short one. There are some others that are pretty long. We include like specific legislative recommendations, things like that. A lot of community based mm -hmm. ideas, and then we're almost done now recording like breakdown videos of each demand. Um, so that's what you see underneath is oh, okay. at least some of us from Ten Demands talking about each of the demands. Got it. That's pretty awesome. And actually, yeah. I'm just slow. Seven and eight are done, and they just need to be put up. Okay, cool. And then you only have two more left after that. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, because some for some of us, <laughs> we're not avid readers, and for some of us, it may right. be more palatable—not palatable. It may be Digestible. more understandable. Yeah, yeah. understandable. If yeah. we hear somebody talking about it, especially if there is examples given. And so that also can really help in people's understanding of this. And I really want this website to get a lot more traffic because if you start to and, and, and I hate to say it like this, but whenever something happens with police, you have to use that as a way to inject this into the conversation so that people so this will be at least a seed in somebody's mind so they'll go man i can't stand when police do this and you're like 10 demands you know yes. and it's easy because it's just 10 demands it's just two words so <laughs> yeah absolutely i do try to do that um i try to you know provoke a feeling from mm -hmm. a combination of not my personal stories. Typically I've probably told two or three ever. Um, but other people's stories combined with the stats that back it up, that this isn't an isolated incident. So mm -hmm. now when you're pissed, here's the solution. Yeah. And that's the point 
is that you guys are offering solutions, not just talking about the problem. Right. And that's the other thing that we always hear, right? Um, we hear like the, the first question you asked about defunding plus the whole defund is a bad label nonsense. We hear the, what about the rapists and murderers? And then we hear you guys, you guys just don't offer solutions. All you talk about is the problems. Well, this is yeah. a full website of solutions. So yeah. 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 And, and, and what you just, you just mentioned that about people who have a problem with the, the phrase defund the police and it's like and it, it sounds like a an argument of semantics like they're they always go i agree with it i just don't like the labeling and i'm just like well how would you label it further without making yeah and what i noticed is that every politician who maybe not all of them i know for a fact jason called didn't do this but a lot of the politicians that supported 10 demands during their runs who, you know, endorse 10 demands, we endorse them. Um, if you went to their website, that, that term wasn't there. It would say something like community reinvestment and police reform, something like that. And that's wrong. That's actually wrong. And it's minimalistic and it beyond it's wrong. Police reform is what got us here. Reformism is what got us here. It strengthens the system. So that word needs to be stricken too. And so, um, and then on the other hand, they're all right in a way it's offensive. They don't like defund because they don't understand what it means. They're scared that it means what it, what it actually means. It literally means defund. So everyone who's like, who, so everyone who's like on Twitter saying, oh, no, 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 don't worry. It doesn't mean defund. I'm like, no, it does. It act literally yeah. <laughs> means that. You know, um, however, the, and, and so, you know, having this other job that we talked about, I don't know if it was on the air or off, but like where I do my best to make a small, <laughs> relatively small living and incorporate ideas from these conversations into places they wouldn't normally be. Um, mm -hmm. It's in the world of business, right? I talk, to, I talk about customer experience and employee experience, how businesses treat customers and the people who work for them. And mm -hmm. what I often do is, you know, incorporate um, things like, I don't know, instead of talking about a viral business, I'll talk about my friend Alex Mingus, who went viral for telling the police to go fuck themselves because the 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 concepts still apply. There's a whole idea behind virality um, mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter whether it's political or corporate. Um, the idea behind defund the police as a marketing message is that it is true and offensive. We are not mad that you're offended or concerned by this. If we called it, if we called it like, well, if we called it what we've always called it, reform police, would we have gotten any publicity? No. Of course not. So we say defund the police. We freak you out. You ask us what it means. We tell you what it means. And then you say, oh, fuck. I T Ten demands is scary as shit. Maybe I'll do this part that this less scary group is telling me to do. And it's not a reform. It's actually chipping away at the system. And it's part of the 10 demands. 
and they don't even know they're working toward the 10, reaching the 10 demands because we've scared them so much with this phrase that they're willing to accept anything lesser. And the example I always give for this is MLK and Malcolm X. Malcolm X, the Black Panther Party were so terrifying that they had to take some concessions. They had to listen to the safer, nonviolent one, which was MLK. They, of course, ignored the socialism and, you know, all of that stuff. But he was less scary. And that's honestly a lot of the time how changes are made. In 2020, we had the longest, largest period of sustained protest in our nation's history. Nationwide, the response was to increase police spending. That feels really shitty. But if you look in more micro instances, not at the macro level, you can see positive changes being made in cities and towns across the country because they said, if you'll stop burning down our buildings, we'll change the way we do this. Base. Oh, gosh. Basically, man. Like, for instance. A lot of times people will go. I get what you guys marching. I just don't like the way you guys are doing it. They're like, you guys are writing. I'm like, have you? And, and I'm like, wait a minute. Have you seen the fans when the when the Eagles won? Yeah. And yeah. how they burned down the city? Yeah. Just from just from a win? Come That's right. on. That's right. Right. It's not, it's not how, it's who. It's who's doing yeah. it. Yeah. And so my thing is, it's which like, is why, by the way, Chuck Modiano told me um, January 6th was not a riot. They were escorted in. He was there. He saw it. Yeah, so they were. Not, right. And it's not how you do it. It's who's doing it. They let them into the fucking Capitol building. We can't even yeah. march in our own communities. <laughs> Speak on it. Speak on it. Because here's the crazy part, right? A target gets burned. Right? People are like, oh my God, you guys are burning your own community. They're like, no, we burned a target. Right. That's not right. our community. They're right. like, but people work there. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, here's the thing. They were still getting shafted anyway. Yes. And a lot of these companies, CEOs, like, are coming out saying um, inflation is good. We're thrilled because we're going to get richer off it. Oh, and by the way, the, um, the, um, shoplifting we were telling you about nah we were just exaggerating it business was bad but no one was really stealing that like that just came out like yesterday or something someone was like from like a company like target yeah we made that up yeah yeah so and by the way even if it were true if it were true and it is partly true and you know that's a good thing if you like if you're an employee, you're working class or, you know, a poor person, you should not be calling the cops on a, on someone just like you who has to steal to feed their kids or like have them shit in a diaper instead of on the floor. Look, I'll be honest with you. Even if I saw a couple people looting a few TVs, I'm still going to look the other way because yeah. the thing is, is that these corporations have stole so stolen so much from the employees that is crazy is i just say it's preemptive reparations that's all i call it mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely and honestly who's to blame <laughs> for the lower classes being obsessed with material things 
the people who run shit, who fucking drill us with commercials and show off their beautiful shit and make us feel bad. It's the capitalist yeah. Protestant ethic system that makes us superficial. Yeah. So like, you know, yeah. if, if I don't have a TV and now I can have a TV, I'm going to have a fucking TV. Everyone yeah. else has a TV. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> you know, I, oh. I just don't, you know, and, and the thing is that a lot of times it's really for things that they need. It's not usually, you know, things yeah. for excess, you know, yes. so usually there is no excess in poverty. And yeah. another funny, not funny, horrifying catchphrase is that it's incredibly expensive to be poor. When you have health oh. It's not expensive to get medical treatment. When you're poor, you can't do another thing ever. Don't do do not get me started. I will have you here yeah. for a whole yeah. another two hours, bro. I know you know. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I know. Like for instance, I just had to give my mother money for something that I really didn't have. You know, and now I have to, you know, <laughs> redo a GoFundMe and have, you know, people donate to that because I'm still suffering. And, you know, just because you see me in this square space on your in front of you on your screen doesn't mean I'm still not suffering just like all of you are because I am. And so the crazy part is, you know, it's just like um, there was a it was a speech. I think her name was Kimberly Johnson. And Kimberly she Jones. Kimberly Jones. I thought of her five seconds ago, dude. This is bizarre. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That speech that she gave, especially liking slavery and our economic plight to a monopoly game, that was just like... And when she said, if we go 450 rounds and we are completely displaced then why in the hell do I care if they burn down a damn Walmart? Because she said, we don't own anything. Yes. It's like, we don't. And, and when we did try to own, they burn our stuff down when we tried to own something. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so we can't win. So why do we care if your multinational, if a piece of your multinational corporation goes down in flames, you got the insurance money for it anyway. So you're good. Absolutely. So it's just, and then police want to talk about, oh, we got to protect it. I'm like, protect what? You're, you're, you're more concerned with protecting the building than you are protecting us. Yeah, that's right. Property. Property and protect. It's protecting property and the powerful. Yeah. Man. Oh, I love, look, the, our conversations are good. I can't wait to have you back on. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, so just a couple more minutes left. I, I wanted to also ask you a couple of questions. Uh, I think I have enough time for these questions. So one of my questions is something that I typically ask my guests when they're on here. Because it's kind of like the Insider Eat Actors Studio for activists and organizers and people. So my first question, and take whatever time you need for this one, is... You are now president of the United States. You're president awkward. <laughs> it is within your first 100 days. You just got inaugurated. What are the first three things that you're going to do within your first 100 days? Fuck, man. All right. So my, my, my question is, is, do these have to be like, do I have to really 
understand that this is feasible? Like, like, do I have to understand exact? Like, do I have to tell you I want you to take ten billion here and put it into this, or do you want me to say what my three priorities are? Your three priorities are, and by the way, with your priorities, there's no chance that the alphabet bureaucracies are going to whack you. Okay. So you you you're safe from that <laughs> because right. you know you know how they are, okay. and then on top of that, you know, you just. <laughs> You know, it's is just it, you don't have to go through all the nuts and bolts, just three priorities. All right, much. cool. This is fun, man. You have a great show. Um, I uh, I would the first thing I would do is completely um, abolish the Pentagon. Um, I, I would I would just end all war immediately. Um, and then after that, it's easy. I'd put all that money into alternatives to incarceration, you know, alternatives to criminalization um, education, healthcare, mental health services, um, you know, um, youth mentoring, like crime prevention, um, safety checks instead of patrols, um, you know, uh, making, oh, you know, housing all the houseless, um, feeding the 54 million um, food insecure people in this country. Literally, all of that could be done if we just didn't kill people of color overseas. <laughs> Man, that's number one. Okay, no, that was all three. Come on, that was all three. Mm -mm, nope, that was number oh. one because you basically took. Because look, remember how uh, everybody was talking about just a couple of weeks ago how the Pentagon failed its fifth audit and they lost over twenty trillion dollars. That's twenty trillion dollars. What that does that, that even lost. mean? What does that even fucking mean? It's like they can't even account for twenty trillion dollars that that they spent. Okay, so you didn't literally lose it, but they spent it on some shady shit that they intentionally didn't report. Yeah, basically. And so instead, that twenty trillion dollars could have actually went to us having even a nationalized what I'm advocating for. Yeah, it could have went to. Actually, and I've said before, and I think you'll agree, is that true public safety means public safety, meaning homelessness. Mm. It means, you know, food insecurity. Yeah. It means having a lack of education. All these things are. And it even means like again. public transportation. It means um, safe injection sites. Like there's a lot to it. Yeah. So when it comes to we want the public to be safe, it also means housed, fed, clothed. It means our environment is safe. The thing is that that's what true public safety means. And mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. not just an abolitionist to me. You are a true public safety advocate. You know, we have to be true. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> We have to be true public safety advocates because the police that we see right now, they're not public safety. They're public endangerment. And that's yeah. what they've been doing ever since yeah. they were created. Yep. And it's and funny that's how people why. And that's why. Okay. So mm -hmm. the whole protect and serve thing is a lie. That is why they were created. This this system is functioning. The police are functioning exactly as they were designed to. 
Yeah, basically. All right, fine, man. So um, I would like to, um, and I don't even know what these things would be called. I want to end, <laughs> well, there definitely has to be, um, there has to be changes to the Supreme Court. I don't think the answer is expanding it. Um, I don't know, like, you know, maybe like four year fucking term limits or something like that. Um, and maybe expanding it as well. I mean, we need to get the Nazis off the court. Um, you know, I do think it's not a terrible idea to have a highest court that makes legis like makes interpretations of law. I think that's important, even in a system entirely different, one that I envision. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't seem to necessarily, and if we, okay, assuming we maintain nation states and borders, you kind of need this kind of thing. Um, so if you're asking if I were president of the United States, I don't think it would make sense as a president of a country to get rid of borders, but I would love to, like, that would be another, that'd be another thing. I don't think I can limit it to three. You know what I mean? I don't think I can limit it to three. Yeah. Like, we need yeah. to protect. I kind of combine you. Yeah, we need to protect our farmers. Um, yeah. but it, you know, and and our food sources, um, locally, not the corporate ones. But at the same time, I was vegan for many years, and I'd love to get rid of the meat and milk industry. Animals mm-hmm. are tortured for that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of shit, man. Like, and I haven't even yeah. touched on environmental racism or or climate catastrophe. Yeah. Um, but I really am positive about my first one. I'm positive about that. Yeah. And just the thing to, to add to your whole Supreme Court thing, and they're supposed to be there to interpret laws. You wouldn't have to go through that much interpretation if we actually were to redo our constitution mm. and we actually voted oh. on it just like just Ew. like you just like Cuba did in 2019. Oh, that so, is a better answer than mine. Yeah. That is a really that should be the first one. Redo uh, everything from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Like 13th Amendment, we're cutting out the exception. That exception yeah. is gone. Right. No yeah. more slavery at all. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, once you redo the Constitution in the way that's reflective upon all people, it's not just voted on by 435 members right. or 535 members. It's voted on line by line across the states and everyone is everyone is eligible and everyone is is um they are enrolled into the voter into the voter rolls meaning as soon as you have taxes taken out of your check you have a right to vote that is because there's no taxation true. without representation. That, that being said, if you guys don't want 16 year olds to vote, then don't let 16 year olds work. Right. Um, and is yeah. And if you think a six year old, for instance, is old enough to be responsible for their actions, handcuffed, incarcerated, then you also probably assume that they are right, that they're old enough to concede. Right. Or to to mm-hmm. agree to sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was something someone said recently. I was like, "Oh, that'll mm-hmm. that'll get them." <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, they kind of yeah. have to go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah. You yeah. can't what be old enough for one and not old enough for the other. 
arresting a six-year-old because of, oh. like, oh, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What happens in our schools to people, to young people who look like you, they get arrested and beaten for crying. Crying. Some of the crimes are being young and crying in school. Don't, don't, don't you Horrifying. Horrifying. I think it was in like, oh, I'll send you this too. It's like 3,000 plus kids in like five years or something were arrested at school. I don't know. Maybe it's 5,000. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's fuck. It's absolutely horrible. Um, yeah. Let me just sure. quickly change the subject because I'm seeing a lot of this uh, in the comments. Um, you don't need to not, you don't need a meat and milk industry to ensure cows can live or to get milk or to get meat. That's what these local um, organic farmers are. Um, that's what the farm to table food movement is about. It's just not corporatizing it and torturing the animals. Um, you can milk a cow all you want um, if you're treating it well and you don't intend to um, lock it up in a tiny cage and milk it just until you plan to kill it to eat it. That's torture, that's inhumane. Um, and there are ways to do it where that isn't happening. So I'm not saying I'm not telling anyone how to eat. My I, I think uh, or honestly, I think um, it's also a, a major privilege to be vegan. I'm not telling poor people they have to figure yeah. out how to survive without McDonald's, for instance. Honestly, so all I'm yeah. saying is that I would love to get rid of the terroristic, murderous industry. And if you gotcha. and, and then support your local farmers, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yepik says that, that he misunderstood. So that's that's no, all, it's all good. Yeah. No, I, I, no. I'm a passionate yeah. guy, but let me be clear. I was not mad at you or offended. Yeah. You know, the way I responded <laughs> to the anti-Semitism was very unique. Yeah, yeah. But my thing is, is um that that's also a really good point. You know, but you know, back to you know the policing <laughs> like no 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 it's all good um school resource off yeah keep going no school resource officers they do not need to be in our schools at all and i remember in middle school having to go to a class that was taught by a school resource officer mm -hmm. and he taught us about laws and things like that and the police officer was a black guy he was a young black police officer and he was teaching what? us were you raised in a black community? Like where you're, yeah. Co like you're up. Yeah. That's fucking. Yeah. I'm, I'm still in an all black community. I mean, that was, that was on yeah. purpose. Yeah. They oh, found yeah, a black cop to do that on purpose. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the thing I was sharing. Okay. Um, from 2000 to 2019, 3000 plus kids were arrested at school for crimes like crying Black students made up 41% of the rests, even though they make up 15% of school populations. One six-year-old was held with zip ties because handcuffs were too big. I, I mean, I can go on. 70% of kids serving life without parole are black, brown, or indigenous. Black children, and this is one I memorized, black children are 600% more likely to be killed by cops and Hispanic kids are 300% more likely. Let me answer this question uh, from Waba Cohen. 
So I take it that you don't live in a predominantly black oh, or pe yeah. person of color area. Um, so a school resource officer is in our schools, especially in black and people of color neighborhoods. There's literally police that walk and operate within our schools from elementary school to high school. They are in our schools. They interact with us. And sometimes they will teach things in our classes. Like, for instance, the D.A.R.E. program. I'm not sure if you're old enough to remember that, but they had that. D.A.R.E. was just an acronym for Drug Abuse Resistance Education. And so we had that. Uh, they would, you know, even do puppet shows when, when I was in elementary school. Yes. You know, about trust always the police officer you know, if you're in trouble, go to police, you know, and, and, and you know, yes. and it's just crazy because we're always taught that police are the pinnacles of trustworthiness. Exactly. You know, you have to accept everything they say, even in the media, it's like police say, and it's like, so what the community say, because right. I don't care what the police say, they lie. And so <laughs> school resource officers are also some of the, some of the people who you see in a school where the kids are recording, like for instance, there was this mm -hmm. one girl, she refused to get up from her desk. The school resource officer pulled her out of her desk. He pulled her and knocked the desk over as well while he was pulling her out. Mm -hmm. So these are the people who are in our schools and they're in our schools day in, day out. And they are the ones who are arresting our kids in school. Instead of having to call them to come to the school, they're already there. Right at these schools, you'll find um, oh, metal, okay. you'll find metal detectors. Uh, okay. Okay. Crazy man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, they have metal detectors. They have school safety officers, which is the other fun term they have. But yeah. they don't have free meals, <laughs> or the meals they have are the same shitty ones they give to pr people in prison. Oh my god! Um, yeah. You know, um, and here's a fun little story. In New York City, uh, one or two years ago, they yeah. said they defunded the police. They they said, they, <laughs> they said um, I forget how much money they said. It might have been a hundred million. They cut a lot of money out of the police budget. But here's what they actually did. They took the school resource officers or school safety officers that were in the police budget and moved it to the education budget. Same cops in the same schools, same budget. They just moved it so people would think that money was removed from policing. Oh, man. These are some manipulative people that run all of this shit, which is why we need to be smarter more strategic and manipulative as well. If defund the police was a term you didn't like, that's a good thing because it got you talking. No one had yeah. heard, no one had heard of any of this before 2020. Mm -hmm. Believe me, it was out there. Mm -hmm. um, all of these books were written before 2020. And yeah. now we have 2020 to 2022 to write more books about. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. Joe Biden actually spread the word for us a little bit. When he did his State of the Union address. What did he say? 
He said, we're not going to defund the police. We're going to fund the police. And oh, that man. went viral. So guess what? People are like, what's defund the police? And we're like, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, I do yeah. remember that. Um, yeah. I also, not as effective maybe for, for the cause um, as the one you just mentioned, but I also loved when he, wasn't he the one who said shoot him in the leg? I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure he was. It wasn't Trump. I'm pretty sure he said, he said, um, yeah, you know, I think he was, he said, yeah, he to was address there. to address police murder, just train them to shoot people in the leg. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's, gonna do that's our president guys. But I mean, at least in terms of outward appearance, I mean, at least he's just, I'm not talking even politics or, or policy. Just appearance. Like, I'm just glad it's not Trump. Appearance alone. I mean, like, we hit a new low when we elected a reality star and 15-time um, bankrupted bullshit businessman. Like, mm -hmm. um, the idea of bringing in people who weren't raised from birth to be politicians is absolutely brilliant. But, but using someone who was instead born into obscene wealth and racism is not was not the was not the best first choice for that plan yeah i i just see i see i see donald trump as joe biden in orange face <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's they're like both, they're both trash yeah yeah just just dump one in some in some cheetos powder and then boom <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden's face in Cheetos power. You got Donald Trump. <laughs> and that's, and that's why I pay very little attention to yeah. who's president and focus on things I can make an impact yeah. on, you know, yeah. and, and the 10 demands is an, is a national initiative, but it's yeah. not, but the vast majority of the steps and goals and, and initiatives are not at a federal level. It's things that we can do because of how fucked our government is. Yeah. So one of the other questions, and this is going to be one of my last, uh, it's going to be one of my last questions. Um, and this is going to be a fun question. So I, I hope you're ready. So what is one food that awkward cannot live without? Falafel. I've never had it. Oh my God, man. I mean, I can't promise that you'll love it because my kids don't. So it's not unanimous, um, but it's basically fried chickpea from Jordan, Palestine, um, uh, even Greece and Turkey, that whole like region. Um, mm -hmm. It's pretty banging. I got to try that. I, I had hummus for the first time earlier this year. Yeah, so it goes, last right year. With that. goes right with yeah. that. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty banging. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was some non chips. That was. That was good. Oh, Nan's um, fucking great too. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and also, what's my, your answer? Oh man, don't give me on that, man. <laughs> Look, I'll make a banging mac and cheese, bro. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh boy. Where, where were you raised? What what state? So I was born in New Jersey, okay. but I was raised mostly in Florida. In Florida, so, right. yeah. So that's, you know. It's usually it's usually Southern people who really know how to do the mac and cheese. I'm sorry. Um, I said it, I think it's usually Southern people, in my experience, who know how to do the mac and cheese. Like, 
amazing. Yeah, people. Some some of us don't know, or we got our inspiration from people in the South, mm-hmm. like, I guess. But mm-hmm. either or, look, I and All look, right. my mine's All right, based. So you owe me. Yeah, I owe you some falafel. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. By the way, I do six cheeses in mine. By the way, oh, so yeah. if you're on a diet, you're not. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, and my final question is, you've lived a long life and you're finally on your deathbed reflecting on your life. What is the one thought that you want people to have about you? That I was a good dad. I, um, I, when my mom died, this is personal. I don't norm, I don't normally Sorry. tell this story, but when my mom died, well, I mean, everyone, no, thank you. Um, that's the, you know, I've talked about that part a lot, but, um, when my mom died in, um, 2012, I was, uh, you know, I've always been, I, I am what they call mad. I've had issues with drugs my whole life. Um, and so when my mom died, I almost died and randomly I met this woman, um, the Dominican lady I told you about, um, who had two young girls, um, four and seven. And the day I met them, they were calling me daddy and not, not my wife, (laughs) the girls. Um, and, um, I've been their dad ever since. Um, and I, that's, that's the most important thing to me. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks, man. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for all this time. I'm really glad that we both had the time today. Um, this was, this was a lot of fun. And I do have to say your, (laughs) your, your viewers are, are, um, make me think, you know, I like, again, like there's, there might be a subconscious reason I've never paid attention to the comments before and I couldn't keep my eyes off of them today. So, you know, it's probably a compliment, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're a brilliant bunch of people who honestly also help educate me too. So yeah, I, like I, I even, appreciate them. Even the one I yelled at has said a couple things that I agree with. So <laughs> yeah. 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 No, she, she, she's pretty cool. You know, it's just, she, she's just as passionate as you are. So sure, sure. yeah, she, she, she's pretty cool. Um, and so one of the things I, I want to do is I want to thank you because it's a privilege to have you on. Um, you're such a vocal and great advocate for something that really is a plague against my community. And I, yeah, (laughs) she also brought the chair that I'm sitting in. So I appreciate that too. (laughs) (laughs) That's No comment. (laughs) But, you know, you know, I think that it is important to have voices like this more. And this is why I tell people, if you have a way to put your voice out there, to explain these things more to people so that they can wake up, Mm. right? Mm. Because I'm not going to use the word woke in in, in a pejorative way, the way the right does, or even some people on the left do in the negative way. I'm going to use it in the way that it's originally meant is to stay awakened, stay, stay aware of the socioeconomic conditions that we are subject to so that we can actively change them. 
and you're putting this out there. I appreciate you for staying woke and also to help wake people up. And this is one of the reasons why I was so adamant about having you on. Well, thank you so much, man. That obviously, you know, all of that means a lot. Um, and I, I totally agree with the part about um, we need this more. Um, yeah. And um, there are a lot of people who who rightfully spend a lot of time focused on exposing the Democratic Party for their, you know, the the whole lie that is the Democratic Party. Um Please. And there are other people like me who just suddenly realized like about like a year ago that the path from the role that I could play, you know, not the only role, but one of the roles I could play is to target the Democrats that hate you guys so much because you're hurting their feelings and who really think they're doing the right thing and really mean well, but they're not. And slowly but surely, over the last couple of years, I have converted <clears throat> a lot of neoliberals into abolitionists who question their party. Um, and so I only say that not as not like to big up awkward, but to say that people like me have inside access to those rich white people. And I'm telling them what they need to hear that they never heard before there's, but I don't have to be the only one. And I'm sure I'm not, but more of me, there should be more of me and not because I'm so awesome, but because of this, because of this access that I have. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's what you've been, that's what you've been talking about. Um, and so likewise, man, you know, everything that you do is super important. I, I, you know, I just think RBN is, as a whole is, is so powerful. And, you know, I've always been a huge supporter from day one. Um, and the last thing I'll say is I love, uh, I love rice and beans also. That was a comment. They're, 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 they're wonderful, aren't they? Wonderful. I think Cuban oh. and Puerto Rican might be the best, but so good. Oh, arroz con dules. Oh, <laughs> Lord, don't get me started. Uh, I know, man. <laughs> Just, look, so many different cultures have so many different foods that, mm. like, for instance, I know this is going to sound horrible, but I've never tried any type of Jewish meals. I would love to try. I heard challah bread. I would love to try that. <laughs> there's so many different ones. Like, and there's there's ones from, like, I, I want to try this one. I think it's called butter chicken. It's from Africa. I want to try that. Oh, dude, don't get me started. I... I got to get going because I got to go yeah. on RBM Live. Right. But I yo, love food. I love food as much too. as you do. Um, Look at me. You can tell I do. People, I'm <laughs> fat enough. Believe me, I'm fat enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I hear you, man. Um, I'd love yeah. to share some off, off, off record, uh, not off record, but offline. I'll tell you about what Jewish foods to eat and which to avoid. Off, off what? There he is. I'm sorry, you cut out. For my okay. Um, we'll we'll close on saying that there are some Jewish foods that everyone will probably love, and falafel is is a Jewish food. It's not only Jewish, but it is a Jewish food. Same with hummus. It okay. comes. You know, we all come from the Middle East. Um, mm -hmm. There are some Jewish foods that are foul 
<laughs> so um, stay away from Kefilte fish. That's my number uh, one advice. All right. All right. Well, for black people, stay away from chitlins. All right. I love you. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, thank you yeah. so much. I'm going to stay on just for a second to talk to my viewers, but thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. And oh, for man. also to go to Awkward's website as well as uh, his socials, it's also in the description as well. Thank you love so you, much, brother. Awkward. Peace. Love you too, man. Bye-bye. Okay. That was a great conversation and it lasted longer than expected, but that's because it was good. <laughs> When conversations go that good, they always last a lot longer than I try that I anticipate because it's just, ah, it's like, it's like peanut butter and jelly. You know what I mean? But I also wanted to give a thank you to Reality Revolution for the super, super chat says, morning gentlemen. Thank you so much for that. So good to see all of you in the chat. I'm going to just say hello to all of you right before I leave. Uh, we got, you know, Wadi laughing all the way. Good to see you. We have Curie saying, he froze. I never freeze. <laughs> Sorry. That was from Black Panther. Miss Alita in the chat saying, great conversation. Good to see you. All right. We have Waba Cohen. Good to see you in the chat as well. The Jan Mom. Is saying hello to people. Bryce is also in the chat saying JB froze. I froze. I froze. All right. SG says pickle egg. John, how do they make it? I don't know. I don't like eggs. Surprise, surprise, right? All right. John is in the chat saying falafel is Arab. I don't care what it is. I want to try it. <laughs> it sounds good. All right, who else we got in the chat that I didn't get to say hello to yet? All right, we have Eric in the chat saying, hey, JB, did you get my email about clips? I need to look at that. I fell asleep on that one. So sorry, I will get a, get into looking at that. Yepix is also in the chat, said lasted longer than expected because it was good. Phrasing, yep. Fred Edwards also in the chat. Good to see you. Colin is inside the chat saying, be safe all, mask up, get... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, research and take care of yourself the best way you know how. I'll just put it that way. Thank you. Uh, let me see. Who else? Hobo Rody says, surprising number of people fall for the Menudo thing. The word sounds pretty, but the taste is no bueno. <laughs> All right. Chess Mom says, love the red tea Miami vice look, JB. It's actually a long sleeve. I'm hot. <laughs> I'm very hot right now. But I do it because it's fashion forward. So I got to suffer for y'all. All right. Uh, who else is in the chat? I, I think there's some people who may have dropped off later. Oh, Swery Fairy's in the chat. Good to see you, old man Barker is also here. I am Lux says, thank you so much. Yeah, my, my internet is kind of crappy right now. So, uh, Curie Adams, best mac and cheeses are baked. Absolutely. SG also good to see you. Jersey, Jersey fam. All right. 
Danny Knapp says, I've heard falafel in Iran is great. I'm glad I actually pronounced it correctly this time. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to make sure I pronounce things correctly uh, according to people's uh, language. So thank you so much. So I got to get going because we're going to have some great conversations to talk about on RBN Live. So I'll be over there in a second. By the way, uh, the hold on. Part one of chapter five reading of Asada Shakur's autobiography is already up. So you guys can check that out. And I'll be continuing the reading of Dirty Choose by Michael Parenti as well on my channel. And tonight, I am going, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting the gentleman's name. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to be on the Willie Bragg show. So I'll be on the Willie Bragg show this evening at 8 p.m. Eastern. So that is going to be a great show. I can't wait to have uh, to be a guest on that show. So, yeah, y'all see. Oh, look, you don't want to see JB after dark, baby. You don't. Mm -mm, no, 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 no. I'll get you blushing more than a porn star. <laughs> Why the hell do you guys watch? Have you subscribed yet? Go ahead. Do it. Do it. Click that little red box. Let me know when you do it. All right. Now, thank you so much. Oh, wait. Let me check out Rafin. Oh, hey, hold up. Hold up. I got to make sure I check out Rafin before I go. Because there's some comments on Rockpin, and I'll make sure that I don't miss out on my Rockpin peeps. All right, let's go. Let's share the screen real quick. I'm glad I checked. Because guess what? I don't want to leave people hanging. I love y'all. All right. So on Rockfin, okay, I shared a couple links. And then thank you, Dave Burt, for the tip on Rockfin. Says, appreciate very much JB's presentation and break it down skills. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thank you so very much. Appreciate it very much. Hopefully those links will also um, those links will also be a great resource for you, Dave. Uh, I also put it in the chat here. If you guys want to scroll back up, those links are in the chat as well. And I got a couple of the links in the description below as well. All right. So thank you so much to everybody for joining in. I want you to do me this favor. I want you to water your plants. I want you to water yourselves. Leave the world better than you found it, even if you don't have to change the entire world, as long as you change somebody's world, even in a small way, you change their world overall. Mwah! Forehead kisses to every single one of you. Thank you to Awkward. It was a beautiful conversation. I can't wait to have him back on. I will have him back on soon. Guarantee that. And stay woke for reals. <laughs>